Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write in notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, and I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a like a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called nanodots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, <laughs> that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com Ajax, click Buy Paper-like, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com Ajax to get started. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hi. Uh, this is Comics Alliance Presents War Rocket Ajax, the live version of the world's greatest comic book and pop culture podcast. My name is Chris Sims, sitting next to my left for the very first time ever. 
is Mr. Matt Wilson. How are you, Matt? I'm great, Chris. How are you this week? Not too good. <laughs> uh, I want to apologize in advance for anyone who's, who's here. Uh, or listening or watching at home Uh, I swear it was food I swear it was not the drinking Uh, but I am feeling a little bit under the weather Uh, I'm going to try and Randy Savage up and get through this I am so feverish that I had to take off my wristbands because they were making me too hot. <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to get through. Um, but uh, for anyone here who doesn't know, Matt and I do a podcast called Warwick and Ajax. It is affiliated with ComicsAlliance.com. Uh, Matt does all the work. I show up and talk. And Matt's going to be doing all the work of this panel because I am in no fit state to talk. And yet you're doing fine so far. It's a Herculean effort, I assure you. Um, generally, the way the live shows work is uh, we do Q&A from the audience. So if you've got Qs, we've got As. Okay, no? All right. Cool. Thank you for making me come here. For nothing. You bunch of sharks. I don't know, like, people can't see at home. We do have a packed house. It's true. This, yeah. is, this is like San Diego, uh, Hall H. What's uh, crazy? What's, what's crazy is that Stan Lee's in the back, Stan, and it, like we all know it's him. Yeah, st- <laughs> Stan's in the back. Uh, a Shaggy Two Dope is here. That's right. Um, uh, Twilight Sparkle. Twilight Sparkle. Jim. And the holograms. <laughs> King Oblivion PhD stopped by and he shot did, one of us. He, you with a delirium gun. Maybe. <laughs> I think I might have that. <laughs> Please get me a doctor. I'm not kidding. I think the, I think like the last half hour of this panel is just you getting your stomach pumped. That's. <laughs> I think every answer to every question is gonna be oh. Uh, so yeah, does anyone have a question for us? Okay, so. Uh, Let's put you in the driver's seat of Batman Incorporated. Okay. okay. You're, you're Bruce Wayne at this point. Oh, you mean like I'm not writing the book? Like I'm. Because <laughs> I was immediately going, oh, I'd do like Night and Squire stories. But okay, you want me to. Right, you're, you're okay. a fictional character. Or kind of. Like, okay, so you're, uh, you're driving the, the ship. Who would you assign to Charlotte, North Carolina as the uh, person who patrols the streets for In the Name of Justice? And who would you uh, assign to your hometown of Somerset? Uh, well, Matt, you're a, you're a North Carolina native. Maybe you'd be better equipped to handle the first part of that question. Well, I think you and I would agree on the Charlotte answer. That being uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair, <laughs> uh, who would have to patrol the streets of Charlotte. But I, the thing is, you can't style and profile in a mask... So he would have to be sort of the, the, the outed member of Batman Incorporated. That could cause some trouble for him. And we wouldn't want to see Ric Flair get into any kind of serious legal or financial trouble. <laughs> I mean, he's got such a clean record so far. Um, in addition to myself, because I'm very famous, you can tell by this rock star lifestyle, 
<laughs> Some of there's two native sons. Uh, Ryan Buell, who I went to high school with, who does a ghost hunting show called Paranormal State. But also, Master Killer from the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> but he would have to change his name to, like, Master Non-Lethal Disabler. <laughs> Disabler. He could be in Batman Inc. He already has a code name. And I don't know his real name, so he's screwing <laughs> stuff up. That would be helpful, yes. <laughs> Alright, worst wrestling comic ever. That WWE Heroes was pretty rough. Um, like, Warrior is bad. Oh, yeah. Like, and the WCW comic is bad. Warrior? Are you talking about? Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't know if it was too loud. Please, thank you. Some various other polite words. Yes. Uh, uh, Warrior is bad, and the WCW comic is bad. But, like, they murder Chris Jericho, <laughs> like, and the sound effect is splutch. WWE heroes coming. That's like I was on I was on their press release list for a month. Like I got that issue and I reviewed that issue and I was no longer on their press release list. <laughs> now I'm paying for it. Can I can I just point something out? We got half a door shut. Yeah, that was weird. I think that guy That's realized the, I'm gonna sound can come stand. in there and th- through that hole. <laughs> also, oh god, now I'm here. You guys are gonna see it. No, I can't leave. Clong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else has a question? We'll, we'll go back here. Your video recording. If you had to make a Justice League entirely of Jason Statham kind of like, <laughs> Um, okay, well, well... There would be Jason Statham. <laughs> and then Jason Statham. And then Jason Statham. Um, okay, obviously the Batman of Jason Statham Justice League would be uh, the, the transporter. Because he's like... He's like the guy who's got it figured out. That guy is so awesome. <laughs> that when he gets in a fight in a sweatshop and like gets a little bit sweaty, he goes out to his car and goes the trunk of his car and like gets out a new shirt. <laughs> so he carries like in case I kick too much ass, I need to be prepared. So he's obviously the Batman. Yeah. I think uh Chev Chilios. Yeah. Is gonna have to be the Flash because he's moving all the time. Right. Yes. I was gonna actually say that he was the Superman because they dropped yes. him out of a helicopter. And That's also him. true. <laughs> that is also true. You got, who here has seen Crank Two? <laughs> okay, Jordan, <laughs> you need to see Crank Two. I say he's the Superman. Um. Uh, no, I'll tell you who Flash is. Is Jason Statham from Lock, uh, not Lockstock, but uh, Snatch? Because he's like. The funny guy. He is the funny guy. He does. I, I don't think he runs at all. <laughs> no, he drives. He, but he does. Okay, I'll accept it. Who's the like? Who I get like? Could, who would be like the funny guy in the Justice League if not the Flash? Then Aquaman's funny, but not on purpose. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, now Green Lantern is kind of the comic relief. Okay. Um, as as it is. I have this Jason character from Bank Job be the Martian Manhunter because he's the planner of the whole thing. From which? Uh, uh, was it uh, Bank Heist or Bank Job? Bank Job. Oh, I haven't seen that one. 
Does he like? Does he like yeah. grease himself up and fight any dudes in that? <laughs> no, he doesn't. That happened in the Transporter One. Yeah, no, that's the Batman one. Yeah. You guys know what's awesome? Transporter Two. Yeah. You guys know what sucks? Transporter Three. <laughs> and I'd probably have uh, let's see the Jason Statham from Revolver be the question because I really. Do you want to fill in for me? <laughs> You're doing a really good job with this question, and I think I got to tag uh, out. I, Whoever uh, Jason Statham from Revolver would be would be the worst character ever, because <laughs> that is the worst movie. Ouch. Um, pro- I guess not. Yeah. Uh, all right, that one ran out of steam. What's the Death Race movie too? Oh yeah. Oh, that oh, guy would be the Flash because he <laughs> could drive so fast. That's right. That's right. Death Race. Like the entire Death Race franchise. Is amazing. I'm more of the uh, David Carradine death race. I mean, I like that one too. That guy does get elected president, and his name is President Frankenstein. <laughs> at the end of that movie. Also, like Sylvester Stallone's in that in a very early role. That's true. Doing it really like, like, like even for like even though it's Sylvester Stallone, super offensive Italian stereotype. <laughs> The comic that um, Corman put out on that, that was Did Corman do a comic for Death Race 2000? Oh, yeah. Corman, I think it was like Corman Comics. He did, uh, uh, it was it was a very short lasting, I think, you know, he did a comic for uh, Little Shop of Horrors and, and a comic for like a sequel to Death Race. And that sequel to Death, uh, Death Race in the comics that I saw was a lot better than the read. Was it called Death Race 2001? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, well, in the year 2000, one. there are no sports. <laughs> yeah. There's only death race. <laughs> yeah, he's like, even though he, even though they stopped it and they legalized it, there's still people out there who are just so used to it, they just got to It's all they know. Yeah. All they know is death race. Like, all I know is talking in front of an audience. You, know, you can try tracking those issues down. Those are pretty good. Luke, you had a question, right? What would Superman get at Bojangles? Oh god, I do not want to answer this question. Cajun <laughs> flight biscuit, man. Chicken. <laughs> Next question. Kurt. Uh, what superhero would be most likely to commit autoerotic asphyxiation? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's Kurt Franklin. <laughs> he's thinking about David Carradine. <laughs> he's, a, he's a special guest. Uh, we call it Kurt the show ruiner. Uh, <laughs> but all our audience says that he is what makes the show the best every time he's on. Sixth man of the year. Hal Jordan. <laughs> Which would be great because that ring protects you from moral danger, so it's like having a shut off. But he could make he can make the noose out of the Green Lantern yeah, right. light. That's convenient. <laughs> like Spider Man could like make a web. Yeah, but he couldn't, like, he could just turn it off. Like, wait, like, he's like, I'm choking too much. Turn off the brain. <laughs> uh, well, his willpower gives out if you start to die, don't you? Oh, uh, like, obviously, you've never involved yourself in autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> quite a bit of willpower, right, Kurt? That's right. what you were oh, talking about. Oh, wait, that's right. That's you a suicide. Point. He's just trying to get off. Oh. Uh, I wish that's how, like, in Cosmic Odyssey. I wish that's how John Stewart would have tried to kill himself instead of with a yellow gun. I, you know, I think I think uh, John Stewart's based into some pretty, you know, 
run of the mill, normal stuff. I, Hal Jordan's into the weird. I mean, John Stewart, like. The really weird sex stuff. Yeah. And making giant fists. There you go. That hurt to do that. Yes, Zaya. Who's the best U.S. president? Rutherford P.S. Hayes. <laughs> Anybody watch Monday Night Raw? No? Okay. Lincoln. <laughs> I collect I collect Lincoln comics. It's one of the things I collect. Uh, I'm a big fan of Theodore Roosevelt. Tr. Uh, who is uh, a great comic by Benita Serino. Tales from the Bully Pulpit. Very prominently features Tr and Abraham Lincoln. Here's a hilarious thing that happened with Benita Serino. I need to. I need to. No, I'm just gearing up for the story. I need to take a moment. He's got to rev up. Somebody made like. What's up, Thor? Thor is here, everybody. Uh, The God of Thunder. Gene Simmons is in the hizzy. So Benito Sereno is uh, the writer of Tales from the Bully Pulpit. Somebody made like eight bit versions of. Teddy and Edison, because if you haven't read Tales from the Boy Pulpit, which is very likely, uh, you can find it either like on eBay for $50 or in a quarter bin, because, uh, oh yeah, it is available digitally, you should get it that way. Um, so he made like 8-bit version, so he posted them on like his, his Tumblr or whatever, and he was like, what's all this? And then somebody like answered him, and was like, those are two characters from this comic, Tales from the Bully Pulpit. Uh, one of them is Teddy Roosevelt and one of them is Thomas Edison it is a comic about Teddy and Edison traveling through time and and fighting bad guys he said that to the guy who wrote the comic (laughs) that's kind of like the internet for me that's kind of like all comments ever or just like you know hey here's something that you may have not known that you definitely know I it's one step above saying that's Theodore Roosevelt and Thomas Edison. Theodore Roosevelt was a president, and Thomas Edison invented things. It's true. It's true. Any other questions? What do you think would be? What do you think uh, Hollywood's uh, next uh, board game adaptation to a movie should be? That's a good one, Matt. <laughs> well, uh, I would like to see. We talked about Crank. Uh, I'd like to see a Neville Dine Taylor adaptation of Operation. <laughs> That's good. I think Crank 2 might be that movie. It could be. I mean, <laughs> be Crank 3. Uh, I think they made a movie that was basically Operation, but I want it to be a full-on, Maybe ad- full-on adaptation operation. of the movie. Who would you get to play the dude? The Like the dude who's being operated on? Yeah, the big red-nosed dude. Uh, Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> Good. I'm John C. Riley myself. <laughs> Jesse is a little too on the big red nose. That <laughs> character. Um, board games. Uh, I would like to see like a faithful board game version of Monopoly, which would be like eight hours long, <laughs> and it sucked. And when you leave, you hate your family. <laughs> but it, but it, even though it's eight hours long, it actually doesn't end. <laughs> like the movie, someone, like, someone just flips the board over. Sounds <laughs> perfect for Ridley Scott. Um, yeah, I think I think James Cameron could do it in three D. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, 
We had we had some people come in a little bit late. Introduce yourselves. <laughs> Don't introduce yourselves. It's not your panel. Uh, I'm like I'll introduce myself. I'm Chris, and I'm I'm not feeling well. <laughs> Matt feels feels feeling good, feeling I'm, great. I'm Doctor Feelgood. Uh, you had a question. I just want to point out that uh, Variety posted that they're doing Monopoly movie. You read that in Variety? Yeah. Wow. What? Wow. Why? I think I think Monopoly the movie is going to be a very uh, pertinent political commentary about the one percent. <laughs> You're right. Uncle Moneybags is going to get it. <laughs> Did you guys know Monopoly is terrible? <laughs> it was, came out of the Depression. Look, much. I probably don't need to tell you guys this, because you're at a comic book convention. If you know someone who's like into something, don't get them the fucking Monopoly version of that thing. <laughs> That's the worst. It's the worst present. They'll never play it. It's not funny. <laughs> They're never made well. Because it was second. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a bit here, Jordan. <laughs> Fuck it. What's your question? How many versions of Batman Monopoly have you been given? I've never gotten a Batman Monopoly. I I got before <laughs> before the the 2005 reboot when when Chris Sims was relaunched as a character who doesn't like Star Wars. Uh, I did get two copies of Star Wars Monopoly. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> question. Uh, question and comment. One, are the Monopoly claim when I heard it was the we got a pair of white coolers and Pokemon Monopoly. We got to play that for three hours straight. It was hilarious. Okay, here's why that was hilarious. Not because of Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you could have done anything in that situation because you were drinking wine coolers. And even for me, that's hilarious. <laughs> This. It's the section of the panel where I get a little mean to the audience. <laughs> it's, it's the, where I take it out on you guys. It's, it's Act Two where it gets punchy, which and is get, which is very much in keeping you, with the show. And you look to me and I say, "I'll allow it," because <laughs> I allow everything. I'm not a very good chaperone. What's your question? Uh, Does that happen today? It may. <laughs> that is, is me you got to ask it better than that. But it, I, it's where I get a little mean too. Oh, somebody's flagging you down with copy of the Supergirl handbook. Okay, Meatwad is here. <laughs> if you buy my book, you can hear Meatwad, and this is him. People at home aren't going to realize it's so much better in person <laughs> to hear that voice. It's like really, like, it just doesn't come over the Skype. But, I, well. but, I, but here's the thing I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you is Meatwad. I don't know how to continue now. Because, boy, I just don't have anything to say as him. And that is all. <laughs> Zaya? Uh, what two-man team do you most resemble? Um, Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> but not John and Paul. Like, those three kids. <laughs> <laughs> These are the reaction, the nonverbal reactions that you never see on the podcast. Me laughing at my own, like, not even jokes. <laughs> Just as I said words and I laughed. Um, what, what pair do we resemble? Like, physically? Laurel and Hardy? <laughs> um, let's see. 
What, what do you think? Duke Mitchum, David Martin and Lewis. <laughs> I, I, I am a, uh, a uh, renowned souse. Uh, who's, another, who's another duo? What do you guys think? You guys listen to the show, right? That's why you're here. You're not. You're not here for this <laughs> because this is not drawing a crowd right now. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to like. What's a good? You, you're like the Robin to my Batman, and then I make you wear little shorts. It's true. And attract gunfire. Um, can we just be Eric B and Rakim and leave it at that? I kind of say you're like uh, Skeets to the Booster Gold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> Panel over. Yeah. A classic patented walkout, Joe. <laughs> There's another one that doesn't do too well on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm just going to stick with Eric B. and Rakim and leave it at that because Eric B. is president. That's true. And that's enough for me. I think we're more like Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. <laughs> I'd love to be Slick Rick. Because uh, you got deported. Remember when you got deported? Well, I would also love to wear like a, a bejeweled eye patch. <coughs> you should do that. Yes. All right. Uh, what would be like the perfect superhero movie that would star uh, Tom Cruise and, uh, you know, not together, but, you know, <laughs> one for Tom Cruise and one for Charlie Sheen? I don't like Tom Cruise. <laughs> like, I've never liked that dude. I hate that dude. He runs in every movie. But you know, he did get you know he did a really nice thing for Bill Hader. So, um, well, see Tom Cruise. Speaking of Booster Gold, I think he could probably pull that off. I think I think actually, like yeah, like if they had like in this magical world where they have two hundred million dollars to make a Booster Gold movie, (laughs) then yeah, that would be great. He would be really good at that. Uh, Charlie Sheen. You can ask me to play Skeets. They could. You do have one big red eye. And and I am a, like a floating gold <laughs> robot. Look, he, for real though, I am like a raging time-traveling egomaniac. <laughs> I didn't I, want to say anything. I feel like I've traveled through time. Did we, we didn't... We, we didn't do Charlie we, Sheen. Who, uh, we don't care about Charlie Sheen? Uh, what superhero was really hot for a minute like three years ago? <laughs> you, know, you know what Charlie Sheen could do? Because... Uh, his brother, Emilio Estevez, was in the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's make him, let's make Charlie Sheen like Wild Dog. <laughs> <laughs> if I had the strength to walk out, <laughs> you would have seen it twice. Uh. Like, I'm trying to think, like, like... Because Robert Downey Jr. is like the perfect Iron Man. It's true. Because like he is that guy. Except for I mean, you know, he does like I don't think he goes out and saves people from <laughs> Jeff Bridges. That's true. And please, Jeff Bridges needs to be stopped. <laughs> um, like I'm, tra- but like I don't, I don't know who Charlie Sheen would be. The Hour Man, do some code. That would actually be good. He could be Hour Man too in that crappy costume. Our Man 2. That's right, y'all just heard about Our Man 2. Okay. Two guys are asking all the questions. 
What, like, what, look, we'll get back to you. No, that's okay. Let's get one from the back. Who, who's in the back? Who's got a question? Don't all turn like you're in like you're in the back. Don't turn around and look at each other. Zach, what do you got? Okay, I've been asking you this up for Ask Chris for ages, and you've never responded. Which is, what is your favorite of all the different Batmobile versions from you know comics, movie, TV, whatever? Of all the models of Batmobile, what is your favorite? The one that flies, because it's the only one that makes sense. <laughs> Have you been to New York? Like, okay, I went to New York for the first time for New York Comic Con. And I got there like a day early, and I got so I got to walk around New York. It was really cool. Um, but like, yeah, the Batmobile is bullshit. <laughs> like, the Batmobile is literally the most unbelievable thing about Batman <laughs> that he could drive around that city. That's insane. Uh, so yeah, I like the one that flies, the Grant Morrison, uh, Damian Wayne Batmobile. Uh, like aesthetically, I really like um, Superpowers Batmobile. Oh, yeah. uh, I like animated series Batmobile. We actually had this conversation last night with somebody while I was drinking. Yeah, the animated series Batmobile is. Uh, if if you're gonna have like a completely impractical car, yeah, if you're gonna go have, all out, if man. you're gonna have a giant phallic symbol, <laughs> like make it an Art Deco phallic symbol. Show enough. In the new movie, it flies. Yeah, it does. Like they've got they've got the new the flying tumbler. That's right. Mr. Wayne, we've invented a flying tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the quietest Morgan Freeman impression I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Not all the penguins will survive. <laughs> I hope that came through. That was a bonus for those of you in the front row. Those of you who paid for your tickets in advance. Uh, Any more? You look inquisitive. Me? Yeah. <laughs> um. Um, I'm, like, I'm generally okay with it. Uh, I will say, like, Alan Scott, like, we did that article about the DC thing, and Alan Scott is such a weird choice, because, like, you could, like, of all the Justice Society guys, you could turn, like, any of those dudes, well, turn, (laughs) you could, like, characterize any of those dudes as gay, and, like, it wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. Uh, like, Jay Garrick could just easily be super gay. <laughs> super gay. <laughs> like, I'm very, I'm very tired. But, like, Jay Garrick could easily be gay and just Joan becomes John. You know, and that doesn't, like... But, uh, you know, Alan Scott kind of has... Does have, like, this thing with, with uh, the Golden Age Huntress. Like, yeah. Alan Scott has, like, a wife and kids. Like in the old continuity. So he seems like a weird choice. I mean, I'm sure he could have, like, Huntress could, like, Golden Age Huntress could be the hunter. Yeah, I I think that's a weird choice, not even because of that, but just because if what's important to comics fans, which it mostly is, is that stuff is important and counts, picking the guy who's not in the actual DC universe, picking a guy who's not in the actual DC universe to be, you know, uh, your big announcement news this character's gay now character seems like kind of a cheat it's it's uh you know you've got an easy out for it it's i don't know it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal in the end yeah and also it's it, he's the green lantern no one's heard of 
Yeah, like, I mean, like, oh, all, all, the, okay. all but not the, the one in the movie or the cartoon or the, the other cartoon. Almost all the characters that came to mind when we were writing that article were people are being murdered out there, Chris. <laughs> uh, we're gonna lock it down, guys. Uh, the but all, all the characters that came to mind are in like the actual DC universe. Yeah, like we didn't even consider that it would be like an Earth Two thing. Yeah, because that's such a cop out. Also, all those characters had already appeared in the Earth Two comic, and yeah. DC said that they hadn't appeared yet, and that's garbage. Wait, are you saying that like marketing is sometimes <laughs> lies? Uh, but anyway, um, I th- I think what's sad about the whole thing is not so much that like it's a retcon to existing characters, but the fact that there's no kind of viable market right now for creating new characters that can kind of be their own icons uh, and represent that group like that's ideally I think what you would want like create your own new icons who can be representative of that you know of that sort of person Um, and Batwoman sort of did it but she was a recreation of an old character too. Yeah. Um, so, if, like, if there's anything that I think is disappointing about that whole trend, it's that. But that's that's part of a larger comics problem altogether. Just like, you know, why I, is it so impossible to create a new character that's popular? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the best one, like the best one, like best one was Kevin Keller. Yeah. Because like. I mean that that fits the the mold of what I'm trying to describe. Like yeah. it's a new character that people can recognize. Now. Those Kevin Keller books are great. Like those Kevin Keller books are like really smart because they're all like traditional Archie stories that have you know a moral, but not like a like not like a moral that you like. Don't make fun of people. You know, hey, you know. When, whenever you're ready to come out, that's cool. You know, it doesn't have to be today. It's not like you know, super preachy, but it's also like they're you know, like they're also funny. Like they're also like Kevin's gonna get in a surf competition. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we had some hands go up a second ago. DC does have a new gay character, the Immortal Bunker of Teen Titans. The who? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly the problem with that. <laughs> I I remember hearing about him like six months ago, but He's I don't remember. King Bricks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. His name yeah. Is immortal. <coughs> no, just longer. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, hey, I applaud the effort. <laughs> like, but that even but it's, like, it's even like, the name Bunkers like. You half-assed this, guys. Yeah, but you know, again, it's it's like it's like the '70s and and, and making black superheroes. You know, we kind of had to get we kind of had to get through uh, Black Lightning. Uh, you know, Hypno Hustler. Huh? Hypno Hustler. Yeah. Well, Hypno Hustler is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hypno Hustler is 100% great because he leads a band called the Mercy Killers. <laughs> Which is like a legitimately awesome band name. <laughs> My favorite thing about uh, Hypno Hustler is the way that Spider-Man beats him, which is by covering his ears. <laughs> Can't hear the music. <laughs> but yeah. You, you know, applaud the effort. At least, at least they're trying. <laughs> we'll put it up on the fridge. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, uh, anybody? Yes? Who would you, of the My Little Pony characters, who would you, how would you coordinate them with Batman's Rogue's Gallery? Uh, Matt, this, I think this one's for you. I'm going to get my pen. Alright. Obviously, like, Twilight Sparkle would be the Riddler. Because she enjoys puzzles <laughs> and problems of logic. Uh, let's see. Um, I, was trying to, I was trying to get around it, but there's no, kind of no getting around. Pinkie Pie is the Joker. Applejack is like Blockbuster. <laughs> like pre crisis Blockbuster. That's, shout out pre crisis Blockbuster. What? Alright, shout out post crisis Blockbuster. What? He didn't want a pig heart. <laughs> Nobody read Chuck Dixon's Nightwing but me. If, if, you know how he didn't want to pick it. This guy knows what I'm talking about. If, if, if we were titling this as an episode of War Rocket Ajax, it would definitely be He Didn't Want a Pig Heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, Batman doesn't have it. Like, I, like Batman doesn't have any like fast villains. Uh, I get like Roxy Rocket. Eh, actually, like was eh, like I guess Clock King. Somebody cocky would be good, but all of Batman's villains are cocky. You know why they're cocky? Like they think they can beat Batman. <laughs> that's cocky. that's dumb. Like why would you even think that? What about Johnny Wits? Who? Johnny Wits. <laughs> Quit talking. Like oh wait, this is the guy. I don't know his code name, but I can't remember his real name. He's always twenty steps ahead of Batman. That's right. He's in. He's Michael Fleischer wrote him up. I looked him up. Um, Sportsmaster. I feel like I feel like Rainbow Dash would be brave and the bold. Sportsmaster. Uh, how, how many? What do I have left? A Fluttershy. Nobody else knows. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this is basically what I do all day. Like, this is, who would be Fluttershy? Um, I feel like Fluttershy would be. Uh, Fluttershy would be paper doll from Spider-Man. <laughs> you know about paper doll from Spider-Man? I do remember paper doll. Paper that was doll. pretty. That was a good story. That was a good story. And Marcus very Martin. well drawn. Yeah, Marcus Martin drew the hell out of that story. That's where, that's the that's the second best fight in a pop art museum in comics <laughs> of the past ten years. <laughs> um, Small category. Gosh, I don't. I wish I would be Mr. Zazz. He kills himself every time he kills somebody. <laughs> he poses them realistically. I said he poses them realistically for the <laughs> viewers in the back who might not be familiar with Mr. Zazz. Here's the funny thing about Mr. Zazz. Not funny at all. <laughs> Mr. Zazz's name is Victor Zazz. The question's real name, Vic Sage, was Charles Victor Zazz, like in the Denny O'Neill run. Like, when he is at the orphanage, like, that's his real name before he changes it to go on TV and be Vic Sage. And I'm pretty sure, like, Denny O'Neill was editing the Batman books when they created Mr. Zazz. So I don't know if that's, like, did you guys know the question of Mr. Zazz or Secret Brothers? <laughs> I think that's true. Uh, did I miss anybody? Rarity. Rarity. Oh, right, Rarity's like Poison Ivy. Yeah. It's a duh. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, what uh, comic book artist uh, who was very prominent had 
but hasn't, you know, what uh, comic book artist that has been like gone for a few years do you miss? Uh, not, not like dead, but haven't been working, uh, doing any comics lately. Like for me, it would be like Barry Windsor Smith hasn't uh, done stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's good. Um, I've always wanted to like. I've always been a really big Rick Burchett fan, and like, when we when we interviewed Greg Rucka on the show, he he was like, "Yeah, me and Rick want to do stuff all the time, and no one will put us on a book." Yeah, so I mean, they did they've, got the, they've got their yeah. webcomic, but um, all I can think of is like artists who are dead, which is sad. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I really like, miss Mike Paraback. The, obviously, the, the only one that like immediately came to mind for me was Mike Ringo. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of guys that I liked a lot, like, a few years ago, and I didn't like comics a few years ago. They were all bad. <laughs> no, but, like, Steven Sanders is doing work. Um, he just did a Wolverine issue. Yeah, and that guy's, like, really awesome. Um, but, the, I, I mean, the thing, like, for me, it's a lot of artists that have kind of come to prominence in the last few years, like your Marcos Martins and like a lot of the artists, artists who were on Spider-Man for a while and have done Daredevil, <coughs> uh-huh. like they're so head and shoulders above the art we were seeing a few years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm perfectly happy with a lot of I the mean, art I'm seeing in comics right now. I would like to see Adam Hughes do a comic again. And I mean, and I know that is not like financially viable for him compared to doing like covers, but like he's really good, like at sequential art. Like, if you go back and read JLI, or Maze Agency, or Penthouse Comics Hurricane, I'm just saying, uh, like, like his, his, like, acting and, and staging is amazing. And I mean, that really comes through on his covers, but I'd, I'd love to see him, I'd love to see that All-Star Wonder Woman. I thought he was, was uh, doing uh, the Dr. Manhattan uh, for the Before Watchmen. Is he doing, like, oh, he is, he, is. he's doing he interiors? Is. He's doing one of those. Yeah. Interiors. Wow. But the, we're, we're, I mean, yeah, we're mostly ignoring that. That doesn't exist. <laughs> that doesn't exist on this show. Uh, um, um, his ever since OMAC ended, is Keith Giffen doing anything? Oh, he's doing something. I'm sure he is, but I mean, he he was writing Superman. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, I I always uh, like to see Keith Giffen art. Also, Art Adams because Art Adams is amazing. And like, I think like the last thing Art Adams. Did well. I guess the last thing was Ultimate X Men. <laughs> Jeff Loeb. But like the last, you know, good thing he did was uh, Johnny Future, the Tomorrow Comic Story, and those are beautiful. Like, yeah. Those are those are gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a question from Power Listener Zia Grace ZBG three 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 on Twitter. Uh, what's the best iteration of the Sinister Six? This uh, well. Anyone that doesn't have venom in it. Got <laughs> <laughs> the ringer, right? You remember that one with the Hydro Man and Sandman and the ringer. My favorite thing about Tiger Race is how Tiger Race works in a comic book store. <laughs> so, like, whatever comic he's reading that week at the counter is what he's going to ask the question about. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't know. I Sinister Six. I don't. Like, I don't think you can get much better than like just the original Sinister Sticks in all their green costumes. Like, Spider-Man villains in green costumes. They're the best. (laughs) Except the Rhino. Like, Spider-Man Annual number one. Like, I talked about how, like, Fantastic 450 is, like, the first modern-age comic. But, like, Spider-Man Annual number one 
is like the first, like, <laughs> I, like I was going to call it like the first Jeff Loeb comic because it's, it, but it like, it's huge. It's oversized. And like when he fights those dudes, they do a splash page every time Spider-Man knocks out a villain. Like, it's like the Silver Age Blade of the Immortal. <laughs> um, that Spider-Man anyone number one is awesome. Yep. Yes, Luke. Who would you love to see Arcade go up against? Mr. Miracle. <laughs> no, it would be awesome. Arcade's a guy who only makes death traps. Mr. Miracle's a guy who only escapes. Yeah, but then there's another one, and another one, and another one. It would be like, here's the thing, you guys. I love death traps. If Dracula the Unconquered number two ever comes out, you're going to see... Uh, it's like it is entirely based on an issue of Daredevil uh, that Harlan Ellison wrote, uh, Daredevil two hundred eight. Yeah, the one where he goes to the house. Yes, it's that issue with Dracula. That's it. <laughs> that, that, that's the actual title of the issue. That's called the Daredevil one where he goes to the house. Yeah, Daredevil goes to the house. Dare, okay, it's awesome. Daredevil, like Matt Murdock's like out on the street. This is in the eighties. Matt Murdock's out on the street, and this little girl walks up to him. And like with mittens and like a little winter hat. And she goes, Mr. Daredevil. He's like, What? <laughs> I'm Matt Murdock. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a, I'm a blind man. I'm not a Daredevil. She goes, Mr. Daredevil, come on, you gotta help me. Come on, Mr. Daredevil. And so he's like, Well, I guess I better see what this is all about. <laughs> and so he goes to this house. And this house is like full of death traps. It is like a D&D dungeon. <laughs> There's a pit of quicksand. In a house. <laughs> I don't think you guys get that. How awesome that is. There's like electrified floors. Also, I really like that Marvel team up with Spider-Man and Wolverine where they go through a castle that's on tank treads and it's got death traps in it. But like, at the end of it, you find a spoiler warning. At the end of this Harlan Ellison story, you find out that uh, the mother of a villain who died fighting Daredevil like, spent her fortune, like, some, a mother of a guy who died fighting Daredevil, like, in the 60s, spent her fortune turning her house into a death trap for Daredevil and built, like, little LMDs to go lure him in uh, at the event of her death. Uh, and that's, that's the Harlan Ellison story, is that he, you know, he has to fight his way out of that, out of the past. Actually, now that I think about it, good um, Mr. Miracle to be... It'd uh, be interesting Mr. Miracle go up against uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies. I thought you were about to say Jigsaw from Punisher. I don't know that would be shitty. <laughs> That'd be awful. You've <laughs> <laughs> seen Punisher Warzone, show of hands. <laughs> yeah! I love thinking about that movie. I hated watching that movie. <laughs> I love Race. I'm feeling Ray a little bit better. Really I'm feeling like I might be able to power through. Oh, good, because... <laughs> We have uh, 17 minutes for your second wind. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be War Rocket Ajax with me without me mentioning the time at least once. Uh, we got. We got to move on to questions. <laughs> uh, Twitter questions. Now. Um. Yes. It's uh, your turn again. Yeah, I know. I'm a more. I'm more rolling with that. Um. Which is the worst out of these three things? WWE circa the early 90s with all the bad characters, um, Juggalos or Funky Winker Bait? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw WWE out of the running because I like shitty characters in wrestling. Uh, and there was there were a lot of good guys then too. Listen, Lex Luger body slammed Yokozuna, and it was the shot heard around the world. <laughs> Lex Luger got off the helicopter in his American flag shirt and he his did. acid wash jeans. He did. So listen, if you hate that, you hate America. <laughs> um. Juggalos. Because <laughs> I don't feel like... Here's the thing about Juggalos. Don't be mad at us, Juggalos. <laughs> like, everyone in the audience is a stealth Juggalo. <laughs> stealth Juggalo would be a good episode title, too. But, like... But you can't be a stealth Juggalo. That's the thing. That's my whole thing about Juggalos. Like, like you can't, like, like it's got to be out there. You got to take that Hatchet Man sign to Monday Night Raw in the year 2012. You know, you you gotta, like, there's there's the best thing about him is the worst thing about him. There's no irony or shame about it. But there should be. There should be nothing but those two things. Uh, yeah, I mean, Funky Wing Room is pretty bad, though. <laughs> I'm going to bed now. Good night. Yeah, my roommate just made me watch the uh, trailer for the new ICP disc, and I swear to God, it was a Saturday Night Live skit. It looked, yeah, I, could, I put it up against next, one of those Saturday Night Live takeoffs. Now. But see, here, here's the thing about those Saturday Night Live skits. They're not as funny as the actual There's video. nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go from that original commercial. No. Helicopter ride. Like, like the, the, writer, the, writers, the writers of those little sketches sat down and said, all right, this video is hilarious. Let's scale it back. Because you can't, you can't get any bigger. You can't get any bigger, like, because just when you think that commercial is, like, done being hilarious, then it's, like, the fresh-ass comedy tent. Okay, that's funny. Who's at the fresh-ass comedy tent? Gallagher. Gallagher. Okay. Hosted by Upchuck the Clown? Also, Jimmy Walker? Wow. You, like, like... You could have put you could have put like the funniest dudes in the world in a room and told them to make something up, like be like, we need like a joke about a comedy tent at an outdoor music festival. They never would have come up with anything like that crazy yeah. or that funny. And uh, uh, the violent Jays. Uh, uh, you talking about you talking about the, the, his, the Quint B? His yes, uh, his Beach Boy. Speech with barbecue blow up ash blast. That is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> the hex B. The hex hex B. Yeah. Get it right. That's right. I count on my fingers sometimes. What? What? Oh, <laughs> uh, any other questions? <laughs> yes, Zach. Oh Lord. Um, well, this is kind of a question about the current state of comics. At that, and do you, do you, Something I've noticed is that uh, you know, there's been a lot of efforts to kind of renew the 90s. You know, they're doing zero month again, uh, come September. But I've also noticed that in some ways it the currency of the market resembles some of the uh, aesthetic that was happening in the late 1970s, where you've had a reduced page count, you know, versus a, a tricky price point stamp. What do you kind of feel? What kind of era of comics do you feel right now most resembles in terms of the superhero universes, and how do you see it kind of you know potentially evolving over the next year or two? Excellent question, Matt. 
<laughs> uh, I think I think what's at issue is that uh, comics are trying to beat every era of comics. Uh, if you, I, I can't. I don't remember who coined the title for this age of comics being the prismatic age, but uh, I think it's pretty accurate um, that everything that's in comics right now is attempting to be a reflection of everything that's come before. Um, so it's you get a weird mishmash of, you know, maybe some comics are like the late 70s. It's very clear that a lot of comics are like the 90s, for good reason, because that's when comics were last most financially successful. But you have a lot of throwback stuff to the golden age. Um, you know, we get a new Invader series every couple weeks, I think, from Marvel. Every few weeks we get new Invaders, yeah. Uh, you know, it's... It, Shout out to Chuck Austin's Invader. Uh, it's, it's just a constant mining of every era of the past of comics. So it's I, I I can't pinpoint any one that it's most like because it's just this uh, you know mishmash of everything. In a way, it's kind of hard uh, because almost you know when you describe it like that, it's like almost every comic or comic that sort of comes out has sort of been a reflection of things that came before, even like in the beginning of comics. Well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, sequential art telling of. Pulp Fiction. Well, Bat- Batman was the shadow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, shameless. Shadow. Shameless. Uh, Doc Savage. Yeah, I mean, you know, Doc Savage, his name is Clark Savage. <laughs> and he, he lives in the Fortress of Solitude yeah. at the North Pole. Like, that's that's for real, you guys. <laughs> that happened. Like, they put that in a magazine because nobody cared. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think Matt's right. I think... I mean, I think, you know, publishing-wise, I, I would trade, like, if we could get, like, Bronze Age aesthetics and 90s, like, format, like, instead of Bronze Age format and 90s aesthetics, I think that would be great. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to, I'll, I'll take a Don McGregor if I can get a John Buscema. I don't care for John, Don McGregor. I do like John Buscema is the premise there. He's good. <laughs> but, uh, John, Tom McGregor's uh, Luke Cage stories are, are like the wordiest comics you'll ever read. Like Chris Claremont and Steve Ditko read those and they were like, that's a little wordy. <laughs> <laughs> the joke is that Chris Claremont and Steve Ditko wrote very wordy comics. <laughs> you've, reached the, you've reached the explain your, my jokes. Yeah. We're in phase four portion of the sickness. I'm getting the evil out of me. Uh, does anybody else have a question? You've had, you've had your say. You've had your say on every question, buddy. Let's go we have all one the way back. back. Yeah. Uh, I walked in late, so if someone asks, I apologize. Uh, based on what's going on in Scott Snyder's current book, do you guys feel like there's a way to reconcile the revelation with uh, Grant's take on that character? Uh, that was the first question we got, and we're not going through it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, does anybody not want to get spoiled for Batman if you haven't read it already? Okay, good. Uh, I think it works perfectly with Morrison. I really do. Oh, what's up, dude? Uh, I think it works. I think it works perfectly because um, because of Earth Two. 
like in Earth Two, Thomas Wayne did exist, which implies that on Earth One, or well, in Earth Two, the regular DC universe is Earth Two, because uh, Alexander Luther is the one who discovers it, which I think is hilarious. Um, but yeah, like that, a Thomas Wayne exists on one, but doesn't exist on another, and that Thomas Wayne is Owlman. I think it's hilarious that the guy behind the Court of Owls is Thomas Wayne, who is Owlman. <laughs> Earth One Owlman cracks me up, man. I love it. I think I think it works fine. Um, I, no joke. I love Scott Snyder's Batman. Because uh, it's, like, we've talked about this on the show, like, Scott Snyder's Detective was written very differently. It was a detective story with, like, superhero stuff in it. Batman is supposed to be the superhero book. It's the book where Batman no- remembers he has a robot T-Rex <laughs> and uses it to fight guys. And then his twin brother <laughs> comes back and is the bad guy behind the court of elves. That cracks me up. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think it, I mean, because the, the thing was, like, n- nothing in Morrison's run after Earth 2 really addressed Thomas Wayne Jr. except that scene in uh, in um, is it an R.I.P. or is it in Last Rites? I think... He's supposed to be Thomas Wayne Jr. No, he's, no, no, no. he's an ancestor. No, he, he's that's Mangrove Pierce. That's Thomas Wayne's double. Because there's like five guys who look just like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, the like you're talking about Dr. Hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Hurt isn't Thomas Wayne Jr. Dr. Hurt was Thomas what well, said he was Thomas Wayne Sr. Right. Who just didn't die. Uh, instead made a pact with the devil, but was actually Darkseid's hybrid actor that was fired back in time. Right. <laughs> it's not complicated. <laughs> Everybody says they don't understand R.I.P. Yeah, and in Return of Bruce Wayne, he was the ancestor Thomas Wayne. Right. The one who sold his, yeah, sold his soul. Yeah, the Thomas Wayne whose portrait got taken down. Right. Such a good run of comics. Such a good run of comics. Awesome. <sighs> Secret rooms in my manner, man. You have secret room. Mar- Martha Kane. Kathy Kane's Batman's cousin. Did y'all know about that? <laughs> All right, awesome. we, got, we got time for one more question. So wait, does anybody who hasn't asked a question want to ask one? Tug? Do you have any questions for us? Okay. Uh, anybody who hasn't asked a question? Okay, you're good. All right. No, no, you're behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. You got like eight questions in. Favorite, if any, Phoenix 5 costume. <laughs> Who? Phoenix Five. It's from ABX. Oh, I haven't seen him. <laughs> Read that book. Uh, my favorite is is Cyclops, only because of um, in the Comics Alliance uh, roundup, it referred to. Uh, oh, now, now I'm. It was it was Dark Hawk. It was like a Dark Hawk reference. A rip off off of Dark Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some Dark Hawk or Evil Hawk. The, the, evil ben Dark Dark the, ben, the Ben Riley of Dark Hawks. That line made my week, and simply by virtue of me reading that line, uh, I have to appreciate that costume existing, even though it's probably the worst looking thing uh, in a long time. Phoenix 5 was uh, that was Mia Wallace's TV show from Pulp Fiction right the one that never got off the ground <laughs> I know Zach <laughs> these are called jokes I have told a few I think we can do one more 
do you think? I think we can. Yeah, do we one have more. time for one more. Anybody got one more? Come on, Kurt. Kurt, you've only asked one question. Kurt, make this question not horrible, please. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Talking about spoilers, is there like a standard minimum length of time that you should wait before you are free to talk about stuff? When I was working at the comic book store, we used to have the uh, Elijah was a scroll or, or uh, Alicia was a scroll uh, rule, where it's like, like yeah, if it's been 20 years since John Byrne's Fantastic Four came out, and you just found out Alicia was a scroll while you were reading that run, then that's on you. Um, like standard, what do you think standard length of time on spoilers is, Matt? I, I think it depends on the medium. Uh, like if it's a movie, I think it's reasonable to like not divulge spoilers until there is a DVD for people to watch and it's been out for a little while because so many people wait for the DVDs and I, well, I guess with comics it's, it's somewhat similar <coughs> unlike you can ask like Chris did like does anybody bother does anybody have a problem being spoiled but since so many people wait for trades now uh, I think you almost have to wait for a trade yeah, Evie and Aaron do that when they talk about um like unwritten and stuff that people like the comics that people are more likely to follow in in paperback form. Yeah, which you know, I, like because superhero comics are weird, like especially with an audience like ours and comics lines. Because presumably, if you're reading, if you're reading a comic book website, like presumably you're pretty into comics, so you're at least reading them once a month, like I do. Uh, so. <laughs> I think we. I think a Carly Rae Jepsen concert just started outside. <laughs> so is that our is that our time? I think that I think that means we're done. All right. Uh, well, Matt, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Uh, follow me at HighMindedMW on Twitter, and read my comic Copernicus Jones at CopernicusJonesComic.com, and follow King Oblivion PhD. He wrote a book called The Supervillain Handbook. Everybody buy it. And I'm on Tumblr at SuperheroesWearingJackets.tumblr.com. Meatwad is not on the internet at all. What about Krispy Kreme? <laughs> Krispy Kreme 1012 is not on the internet. Can you do mine? No. Please? <laughs> nope. Uh, Alright. Twitter, the ISB. Everyday Comics Alliance. Tumblr, 20%cooler.tumblr.com. Some web comics. <laughs> Uh, I like I like how like five people in this room are gonna know where to find you on the internet. Yeah, uh, and uh, we we are at table AA six thirty eight and six thirty nine is is our setup. Matt will not be here tomorrow, but he will be here for the rest of the day. If you wanna get your supervillain handbook signed, three left. Um, seriously, thanks everybody for coming out. We appreciate it. We always like talking to another live audience. Thanks. Thank you. Apologies once again. Yeah.